Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It's time for your weekly dose of Wayne's Comics. Welcome to episode 231 of the Wayne's Comics podcast. Thanks so much for listening. This week, I've got a great interview with Braden Cox from Reclaiming Godhood, another great Insane Comics title. I've been talking with them a lot recently because I've been really impressed by the quality of the products that they're making. I talk with Braden about his book, about the differences between the first and the second issues of the series, which are both out. And he talks about the third issue that's going to be coming out very soon. And he'll give more information about that. We talk about the team that he has together and how they'd like to meet in person at some point, which is a common thing among indie comics since the internet provides great contact, but not face-to-face interaction. He also discusses an anthology book that he's working on for Insane Comics again called Insane Asylum, and you'll hear some familiar names if you've been listening to my podcast in recent weeks as he talks about the folks creating it. As an indie comics creator, he has a lot of good things to share, so I'm sure you're going to want to listen to what he has to say. There's a lot to get to, so let's get to it. It's a pleasure to welcome to the podcast Braden Cox, the creator of a very interesting comic from Insane Comics. And I've been talking to a lot of Insane Comics creators lately, which is great because they got making good stuff. And why don't you go ahead and tell us the name of the book, Braden, and where the idea came from. So the book is called Reclaiming Godhood. Mm -hmm. The idea stems from a god that has been stripped of his title and his honor, and he is now forced to live a mortal life. The idea stemmed around, I've been writing forever and making up stories. Jupiter is one of my oldest characters, Mm -hmm. the main character of Reclaiming Godhood, and he's the one I decided to actually do something with. Mm. So this is Jupiter from the gods, right? Is this Greek god? No, this is Roman. This is the Roman pantheon. Right, right. Okay, that's good. So you've long been a fan of Jupiter, have you? Yes, I'm huge on mythology. Oh, cool. Now, I noticed when you start out the first book... And we'll talk a lot about the book because there's some interesting things going on. The gods aren't necessarily nice people. <laughs> Not all of them, no. <laughs> there's a little word next to a god, and he's, one of them is, is hammering a sword or an axe, and it has the word treachery above it. 
Then you've got another one sitting there sort of bored in a, in a throne, and the word deceit is there. And then there's corruption and betrayal as well. So the gods aren't necessarily really nice people. So we start out with Jupiter. He looks like he's being banished to Earth is what's happening, or at least he's going there. How does that happen? Does he lose his godhood and then they put him onto Earth? Is that what happens? So what's happening within those panels? It's kind of like a backstory to the story of how he's there. I plan mm-hmm. on revisiting it, but... As you see, they're hammering this new weapon. It's a god killer. Mm-hmm. And the god sitting around board is Pluto. Mm-hmm. And as if you're familiar with mythology, Pluto and Hades, they kind of got the short end of the stick and they got the worst jobs mm-hmm. amongst the pantheon. So what's happening is this god is offering Pluto for him to take his birthright to become the king of the gods. And then that next panel, he's corrupting the other gods and the other followers of Jupiter, and then uh, the final panel within that four-segment block is him stripping Jupiter of his godhood. Oh, I get you. Okay, I see. Yeah, I didn't realize that was the same person in the last three panels. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. So after that happens, that's when he's sent to Earth? Yes, that is when he is hurdled to Earth. Great. And of course, when he gets there, the greatest thing, normally in a book like this, we would have a man or a boy in there, but this time we have a girl. I'm just kind of fascinated by your choice of that. Was that, did you want to have a female character? Did it really matter? How did choosing a girl Um, to be the person, how did that happen? She actually plays a really important role. The girl is actually based off of my niece. Ah. And she's a, a lot younger than the girl in here. But this girl is really hyper. She doesn't have a sense of right and wrong. She's like purely innocent. And... As you see later on in the book, she thinks that Jupiter is a genie, and she goes mm-hmm. chasing after the comet thinking it's a falling star. Mm-hmm. Well, I like the fact that she's got a little dog, and she names the dog Titan, which is like calling a tall person shorty. Yeah. You know, he's not a great big dog, but you know she calls him Titan, which I got a kick out of. That tells us a lot about her personality, I thought. Yes, yeah, she's very rambunctious, and she'll be a really fun character later on. Now, it's a dog that actually comes across some of the stuff, interestingly enough. comes across, there's like three cloaked characters out in the woods, apparently. And they're basically talking to each other. And all of a sudden, they discover her, and they're not happy to see her, let's say. Oh, yeah. So that's a good thing. Now, can you describe a little bit about who these characters are, the three in the hood? So uh, these characters, they're shades. Mm -hmm. They're the shades of Pluto. In mythology, shades are... Greek, they're kind of like the Greek versions of ghosts, but they serve under gods. Mm-hmm. And so these shades were sent by Pluto to make sure Jupiter was done with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why they're surrounding him and they're talking about ending his life. Mm-hmm. Now, what's interesting is, though, even though Jupiter has been made human, he's not powerless. Oh, no. He's stuck up uh, he, quite, quite a lot of power. Yeah, I plan on retouching that within the next couple of issues. A lot of his power stems from his gauntlet on his right hand, Okay. and he is still very agile and quick and still a really grand warrior. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. And then, of course, they commence to fighting, which is good stuff. And one thing I really loved about the first book in particular, and the second book as well, is it's very action-oriented. There's lots of fast-paced things going on, and as you go from page to page or even panel to panel, you don't know what's going to happen in the next panel. Which I really liked. I mean, I just thought this was the greatest. I just was breathless by the time I got through it, which is great if you can do that in a comic. 
So I really like the way that you did this fast-paced story, even though there's time where we get a little characterization happening when they talk to each other. That has a big impact on what's happening or it's going to happen. So I thought that was really good. Is this your first comic or how many comics have you um, done? This Reclaiming Godhood number one was my first fully complete comic published, released, ever. <laughs> and oh. uh, since then, yes, I do have a couple more projects coming out. Mm-hmm. I'm in charge of the Insane Comics Insane Asylum, oh. which is a horror-based anthology-themed book, kind of like the Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. It's paying homage to it, kind of. And it mm-hmm. ha- we have our own host, and her name's Marilyn, and she's an insane lady who has been left in an abandoned insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And I work on that with a lot of the other great insane people, Frank Martin and Jojo King, the mm-hmm. writers of Modern Testament and Sin Eater. We all teamed up and did a majority of this, along with a lot of the other great insane people. Do you guys have different stories in there? How is this going to work? Are so, you, going to, you say it's an anthology, so there's going to be several different stories? In yeah, there are, a, there are a couple different stories. There's four. Two are written by Frank Martin. Mm-hmm. One is written by Jojo King. Mm-hmm. And I do the in-between pages, which is showing the host, which is Marilyn. And I kind of did it in a perspective so that she's talking to the reader, like, in a first person. So Mm -hmm. it seems like the reader is actually in the asylum and running away from this person while she's trying to crazily tell him or her stories. Mm -hmm. So was it your concept? Who came up with the idea of doing an anthology like this? Um, It was originally Frank and Jordan's, and they were trying to find, you know, a host. And I told them, well, I have this character I designed to be a host for a horror anthology that I have not been able to use. We could use her, and they <laughs> they were really okay with the idea. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. You had a ready-made thing all set to go, which is a great thing. Now, I want to get back to Reclaiming Godhood, but let's talk about this a little more. How many issues have come out? Is there any issues come out yet, or are you working on it? Asylum, yes. Number one is currently available right now on the Insane Comics website. Okay. And issue two is going to be released. We're hoping for a Halloween release. Oh, perfect. Yeah. That's the ideal time to release a book about these kinds of things. So that's just a great thing. So, man, this is great. Now, is the second book going to have the same writers as the first? How's the second book going to run? So the anthology, it's going to take off where each one leaves off, like just for the host-wise. The first one... It ends with the person who's reading falling through this sunroof and falling Mm -hmm. onto a floor. And then Marilyn says, now I have to check you in and you'll be my patient forever. And (laughs) then it goes black and ever. And so the second one, I don't know how I'm going to start it off, but I was thinking the person waking up and they're in a straitjacket now. And Mm -hmm. Marilyn's dressed up as a nurse trying to take care of them. Mm Mm-hmm. And, was, and, uh, and, of course, those same stories will be continuing on, you're saying, right? Not all of them. I'm sure we'll have okay. some that do continue, but we will have a lot of the same writers that mm-hmm. contributed to the first one. Jojo King's back. Frank Martin's back. I'll be doing the introductions. And then uh, we have a couple of other writers that are coming in to do pieces. Lou Frontier from mm-hmm. Wicker. He's mm-hmm. going to come in and do a piece for us. Great. Wade Price, the writer of Ghost and creator, he's doing a piece for us. Okay. And also, I forgot to mention the first issue of Insane Asylum mm-hmm. actually features a short story with the American Bison in it by oh, uh, Steve good. Benton. Yes. Yeah, I've talked with some of the folks. One of them was working on American Bison, and so yeah. it's 
That's a great thing because you know, it's, it's fun that you guys get to coordinate all these good things. One of the great things about an anthology book is it gives you a chance to sample other people's stuff. And so if you find something you really like, you can go follow it back to the store on insanecomics.com. And then, of course, you go to the store. And, and then you can pick out which ones you want to follow up on. And so you guys have a nice selection of stuff, too. So when issue number two of the anthology is coming out, uh, I forget when. Hopefully Halloween. That is our goal, oh, is to right. get that's it out right. for Halloween. That's right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. That's, that would be perfect. That would be good. And then you're going to go on after that. Is there like an end run for this, or is this going on ongoing? It's just kind of like we're going as we go, because mm-hmm. cool. it's a purely a collaborative effort through everyone. Like Althina Fay, the creator of Moonlit Dawn, she actually did the art for my segments in the first book. Oh, oh very cool. I, I didn't realize that, because she was the first one of you guys that I actually got to interview. Oh, yeah. That's... So she did a lot of good stuff. So, very good. Okay, so that, that we got with that one. Let's go back to Reclaiming Godhood. And let's talk about that first issue again, because you do something interesting between the issues. The first issue, it starts out with a color cover, and then you've kind of got a title page that's got a color logo on it. But then when you get to the story, it's black and white. And that's not true for the second issue. The second issue is color. And i got to ask you about that because, you know, a lot of times when you have a series, you do issue to issue pretty much the same. Why did you do the first issue in black and white and then switch to color in the second? Honestly, it was budgeting reasons. Uh, okay. <laughs> I, I couldn't afford a colorist to, pit, to color the first issue as to the second issue. And another reason is because I heard the outcry for people wanting to see it in color. Mm-hmm. You know, they wanted to see the full series in color. And as soon as I got a few reviews, they said that was their biggest problem with the book was they loved the story. They loved everything, but they wish it was in color. Mm -hmm. So my plan is to eventually keep going in color. And then issue one, I want to reprint and get it all done in color, too. Might you do that in a trade? Possibly. (laughs) Okay. Because sometimes what people do in trades is they put in the stuff that we haven't seen before or something that's a little different. And if you do a trade, you know, that would be a perfect opportunity to go back and make the first issue color. Yeah. There. So that would, anyway, that's a suggestion. However it works is good as far as that goes. So the first issue goes along, and we've got quite a lot of action happening. And we get to the end in which Pearl Jupiter has not fared all that well in all these fightings. And he has a friend of sorts that comes along. And I don't want to spoil too much, but there's somebody that's there to kind of help the girl and to help Jupiter. And thank goodness he's there because she's not going to be able to really, let's say, give him the aid that he needs completely. Like, he's got to get someplace where he can hide. And he's way bigger than she is, so she's not going to be able to carry him. So mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by this other guy. Is it too much to ask about that, or how much can you spoil no, about let, him? Go ahead. I, I'm willing okay. to answer. So, so who is this guy? Uh, Where does he come from? So... This character, as you notice, he's a big old minotaur. Right. And he is Mars, the Roman god Mars. Okay, okay, I I didn't quite catch that, but yeah, that's great. And he is actually the only god that is still loyal to Jupiter. Hmm, wow, so that's cool. So he understands what's happened to Jupiter, and he follows him to help him out? Yeah. Okay, so that's what's going on. Very good, very good. So that is going to come along, and that's going to pace it. Now, the first issue is really cool. It ends with a to-be-continued, and... We see Jupiter dropping through the... Is that a hearkening back to the sky, or is he falling through the yeah, sky? Yeah, he's, or how's he's that? just kind of falling through an endless space. Mm-hmm. Now, see, what's interesting about that is when we get to issue two, 
I felt there was quite a change as far as like what was going on. The first issue we see a lot of having to do with the girl and her interacting and them when he first gets to Earth. But then when we get the second issue, it's a little different. We don't quite see that same kind of thing happening. So I'm just kind of curious. It was, now, again, as a writer, why did you make – like you've made it that there's a lot more mystical god-like things going on in issue two versus issue one. So what's actually happening is between the segments of issue two – Mm-hmm. And one, two mm-hmm. is Jupiter's being forced to relive some of okay. his worst days as a mortal before he became a god. Okay. And so what's happening is, as you're reading that girl, that blonde girl that is right. talking to Jupiter, right, is uh, actually his daughter that had passed away long time ago. Okay. And, okay. Uh, what's actually happening is that these are oracle visions. Okay. And they're coming to him to warn him of something worse that is coming. Okay. Very good. There's really cool edges. Artwork of like blue, looks like a hawk or a falcon or something that's involved with it. There's all kinds of mystical and mythological beings in there. And it's really a cool thing with lots of things happening. And again, we see, you're right, as we see in Europa, we see there's Jupiter standing there and he says, no, not again. So he's inside of what looks like a prison cell. And obviously mm-hmm. he's reliving another part of his humanity, which is something he kind of kneels down and he goes, uh, uh, you know, I, I watched you die. He's talking to a green female. And there's all these things about what he's having to go through again. And I'm just kind of, uh, at one point he yells out in, in a very big blue letters, I'll show you a skewer. He goes, because apparently she's got a skewer around and, and, and it very much like, uh, I'm always reminded of the guy from Australia who said, that, that's a knife. That's not a knife. That's a knife. And when I saw this, um, I was reminded of that. Yeah, so what's actually happening is Jupiter in his younger 20s, 20 years, he was forced to fight in the gladiator pits. He was a slave. Okay. And this girl was actually his teammate. And her name is Io and she's a half orc. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they became really close within the arena, and he has to relive his worst days. I won't give out what happens because it happens in the next issue. Okay. So that's what's going on there. And okay. the guard, you know, saying, and Jupiter getting mad at the guard. That's, I kind of use that scene because it shows, like, the guard get all crazy when Jupiter throws mm-hmm. him on the ground and is about to stab him. Mm-hmm. And the guard was saying stuff along the lines of, you won't be able to save her again to remind him that he's still in a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm really fascinated about is the fact that this is like a prequel. The issue two is like a prequel to him, and this is how he becomes a god. You're going to show that process of how he, Jupiter becomes a god? I won't be f- showing it fully. I will be showing major mm-hmm. points of his life that made him become the god, yes. Okay, okay, very good, very good. See, all this mythological the good things is because so many people get involved with magic and or the supernatural with werewolves and things like that. And I'm all for that, but I like the fact that you're doing something different. You're doing this mythological things. I, I have to ask, though, because like Thor and Marvel, they struggle with his character. You know, what are we going to do with this guy? You know, and then, of course, now they've made him a woman. They've switched the mantle of Thor over to a female. Right. And, and, and that's always a sign to me as I don't know what to do. I've got to change their gender. But it sounds to me like you've got Jupiter well thought out as far as multiple issues and multiple uh, adventures that he's going to go through. Yeah, see, that's one of the bonuses for Jupiter. Like I have mentioned before, I've been writing for 10 years mm-hmm. trying to perfect this character. Mm-hmm. And I think I have finally gotten to where I want him to be mm. versus to where he was years ago. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I got to ask, of course, because you're deeply involved with Insane Comics, obviously. How did you get involved? Did you do the book before and shopped it to Insane? How did uh, uh, Reclaiming Godhood get at Insane Comics? How did this process go? So, in case you didn't know or anyone else that didn't know, Reclaiming Godhood was actually the second published title from Insane Comics. Really? Yes, it was number two. <laughs> I didn't um, tell that. So I met James a while ago with this group I was in that was wanting to be a comic company, but they went through a lot of setbacks and flaws. And so James, that's when James had started the insane comics with misconduct. Mm -hmm. So I was still with this and James gave me the doorway I needed. And he said, Hey, I'm not trying to like talent poach, but I know that you're working really hard on this. And if you want to switch over to hear, I would be glad to publish your book. Mm. And so I kind of, so, <laughs> it was mm-hmm. kind of like my calling that. Yeah. Well, it's the greatest thing in the world when somebody says, I want to publish your stuff. You know, how great is that? It is. You know, now, <laughs> I got to ask, course, <laughs> how long ago did this take place? So about a year ago. A year ago, um, okay. Because uh, the first issue dropped last May. Okay. So and the second issue is came out when? It is going to be coming out real soon. <laughs> okay, so I, I yeah, I got to see a, a, a pages from the second issue that you made available to me, which I really liked. So that's right, you were talking about possibly in early June. Yes, early June is my goal right now. Good. So how, where are you in the process as far as getting like issues? Uh, just, you know, final editings. There are some pages that need little flaws fixed. One of the pages is missing its letters completely. <laughs> oh, you know. crud. Okay, yeah. So it's just minor things that I'm trying to keep up to date and make sure that it is print ready. Right. Now, of course, the digital as well. You know, your digital one's likely to be ready before the print one because, you know, you can get your files all together, make a PDF or whatever format that you guys use, and then get that out there on the website before the print is. But how are you guys going to do that? Are you going to release them both at the same time to make sure the digital and the print versions are available together? Uh, yeah, that's what they usually do. Okay. Okay, that will be good. It works better that way because when somebody comes looking for it, let's say they want the print version and you only have the digital up, they might get discouraged and forget to yeah. come back. So you want to make sure everybody gets access to these good things. Yeah, James is really good about planning everything and getting everything set up for everyone that wants to buy their books. Very cool. Now, this artist that you're working with on the Reclaiming Gato, was that person in the original group that you were working with? No. My artists, I pay. They're freelance artists. But you could probably see the art changes between one and two. Yeah. For the next couple of issues, I'm going to kind of try to keep that art style because I kind of want to reflect Jupiter in his dream realm. Mm-hmm compared to Jupiter mm-hmm. in the actual world. So uh, right, right. as soon as this little arc is done, I'm probably going to switch back to the other artist. Okay. And <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if you noticed, but like a lo- Samir Samayo is the one that did the first book. Right. And he has actually done a couple of other projects for Insane. I know he did the first misconduct issue. Right. And yeah, it's, it's pretty good. <laughs> Very good. Very good. That's good. Well, one of the great things about companies like that is if you have a need, you can always go to the company and say, hey, you know, I, I need this, that, and the other. I'm so far, but I need, you know, I need an artist, or I need a letterer, or I need a colorist. You can always go to, like, James or maybe other people inside Insane, and you guys can kind of share with each other and help each other with those kinds of things. Yeah, that's what we've done with the Insane Asylum. Mm-hmm. 
is that we do have a broad talent, like a really huge list of talent to help us out. And that's how we were able to get the insane asylum done is because we had so many people that were willing to help us and that Mm -hmm. were willing Mm -hmm. to give us their time. Very cool. So it won't be long. You'll have two issues of both books out. Of course, we've got to ask at this point, right now you're focused on getting issue number two done, but you've got to be thinking ahead to issue three on Reclaiming Godhood. How far is that along? Do you have ideas as to where you're going to go? You said you're going to use the same artist for issue number three. Have you got the script done for issue three? Issue three is, I have everything planned out up until at least issue 12. Oh, good. So, oh, good. Excellent. Are you going to trade? We talked a little bit about trades before, but you didn't really uh, um, say whether you're going to trade them or not. I don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Well, that's kind of something to think about because if uh, I don't know if you guys go on Comixology or not because sometimes they'll have trades and stuff out there. And I understand you guys want to use your site and you want to get the stuff through your site, but I don't know if Comixology is an option you guys should consider or not. Yeah, like I said, I don't really do any of that. James is in charge okay. of it. <laughs> Okay. He's the one that goes through and he does everything for us. He helps promote well, us. He markets us. <laughs> well, that's good. That lets you work on the books. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing because other books have to do the whole gamut. You've got to create the books and you've got to market. You've got to do all the things with a lot of indie comics. So it's nice that Insane does that for you. James gets all those things taken care of. And that must help you, you know, give you a little peace of mind to know that uh, all that stuff's going to get taken care of. Yeah, it's awesome. James does a really great job at getting us out there. He uh, gets us into shops, local shops. It's great. Very good. Very good. Now, got to always ask, I, I'm always fascinated because I think one of the great things for creators is to get out and meet fans, meet the public. Have you gone to conventions? Are you planning to going to conventions? Because I know Insane has booths at some conventions. I don't know if you're able to go with them. Um, uh, what have you got in mind as far as conventions? Yeah, I, I do go sometimes. Last year, mm-hmm. uh, I represented Insane at the Salem, Oregon Comic Convention. Cool. I was hoping to go this year, too, but last year I represented Insane. I have a really cool banner and everything. Cool. But I plan on doing more book signings, and I've already talked to local shops around here, and because I live in the Pacific Northwest, so I've talked to people in Seattle and Olympia and some of the other bigger shops around there. Mm -hmm. And so that's my plan. But I'm trying to get more books out before I go right. do this because I want, you know, a more variety for people to actually mm-hmm. want to invest in instead of having the one book. It varies by the creator whether people want to go to conventions or would rather go to local shops. Because mm-hmm. at local shops, you have a little more time to interact with the fans. But some people like to go to the conventions because it, it allows you to maybe you'll have briefer contact, but you'll be able to reach more people. Yeah, see, uh, there's a huge opportunity for both. Ah, we, okay. Like, the local shops, you get to interact with people more. Cons, depending on the con, you get to interact with people more, and you get to meet a lot of cool people. And, mm-hmm. like, I met uh, Jens and David, and they're the creators of Blood and Gourd. Okay. And they were really cool guys, and they gave me a lot of good conning advice, and they told me what to expect and for other cons, and they even gave me a list of upcoming cons if I ever wanted to try to, you know, go to them. <laughs> oh, cool. 
Well, cool, because the only con I know out in that part was because I'm on the other side of the country. I'm, it's Emerald City Con. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hear a lot, a lot of people really like that convention. And, and never having gone there and haven't been on the any the only West Coast con I've ever been to was San Diego. Which was a, I, I took me a, a month to recover from that. But I would imagine Emerald City is a, is, is kind of one of the greater cons to go to on the West Coast. Yeah, the problem is, is trying to get a table. <laughs> uh, I have uh, tried two years in a row now trying to get a table uh, there, and uh, they are always full or they don't uh, have enough room, and uh, yeah, it's nuts. Bigger building. Get a bigger building. <laughs> yeah. You can have more people if you get a bigger building. You can make more money that way, too, probably. Yeah. But anyway, well, that, that's good. So do you have a con that you're going to be going to that you can talk about, or is that still in the um, works? Like I said, the only con I can think of I'm trying to get to is back to Salem. Right. And it was in August last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know when it is this year. And okay. so if you're around the Salem area and it's going on, mm-hmm. make sure to come check us out. <laughs> that's good. The internet is a wonderful thing, and I help with an independent comic in which the creator is in Florida, the artist is in North Carolina, and the colorist is in the Philippines, and the letterer is in uh, is in Florida also. What's the geographical thing for you guys? You said you're on the West Coast. What about yeah, Samir? So, uh, issue one, mm-hmm. Samir is actually in Brazil. Oh, cool. Uh, the letterer, Ray, he's in California. Mm-hmm. We've actually talked about teaming up and going to Emerald City and sharing a booth there. Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah, and for issue two, Ray is still doing the letters. I'm still writing. Mm-hmm. We got a new artist, Phil Williams Jr. Mm-hmm. I believe he's located in the South somewhere. I forget the state. And okay. he's really good, though. He does some pretty great work. He did the Mississippi Zombie for Insane cool. Comics. Okay. And as for the colorist, the colorist was actually... I used to work with him. And okay. he used to work for an old comic company... That ended up failing because the CEO of the company kept trying to come up with new ideas and trying to reboot issues instead of, you know, moving on. <sighs> so uh, Brandon oh, Montoya, God. yeah, mm-hmm. he did the colors for issue two, and mm-hmm. he's actually just 30 minutes away from me. <laughs> oh, cool. Well, that's nice. Because one of the great things about the Internet is you're able to interact with people from all, all these different places. But one of the bad things about the Internet is that you guys are so often so far away you don't get a chance to personally interact very often you can go on skype or something like that but it's hard to you know you face to face is so different from any of those kinds of things so it's probably one of your goals somewhere down the pike if you can ever arrange it to get together and interact and do a con together like you're talking about emerald city that would be great fun yes it definitely would (laughs) it'd also be easier on the pocket splitting it four ways instead of just one person (laughs) That's true. <laughs> okay, so we've got all these good things going on. We are reclaiming Godhood and Insane Asylum. Are there other projects you're working on that we should know about? Uh, yeah, a lot of my other projects are going to be independently done by me, though. Okay. I'm kind of hoarding them to myself. <laughs> okay. Uh, but uh, one of them I'm working on is with the artist and creator of uh, Godlikes, okay. Nicholas Torres, and he... Mm-hmm. Is awesome. The book's called Pet Squadron Defenders of Humanity. Okay. And it's uh, about pets that turn into these warriors to defend humanity from these creatures that come from the other world through magical portals. Mm-hmm. And then another project I'm working on is called Outwash Onslaught. I'm okay. writing with my stepbrother, Chad Jernigan, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a slasher horror movie, you know, like, okay. you know, Friday the 13th, Halloween. Mm-hmm. 
And it actually takes place here in Port Angeles, and it's about this guy in, like, an old deep diver suit that's coming on and that came to land and is starting to kill people. And another project is I'm writing. I don't have a name for the book, but it's about this girl named Siren. Okay. It's about a female supervillain that successfully takes over the country. Oh, cool. I was hoping somebody does something a little different like that. So that looks like a good book. Any ideas? Of course, with all this other stuff you got going on, you're a busy guy. Any idea when these things are going to hit the ground? Are you going to do Kickstarters for them? How are you going to uh, do it? I will be doing Kickstarters for Pet Squadron. Okay. And the other ones, we're just kind of playing it by ear. And okay. we're hoping for the releases early next year, you know, January, February. Mm-hmm. Sooner if it allows it. Mm-hmm. So they'll be, uh, that'll be great. So it's always good to start off a year with a product coming out. So that's a good thing to do. Well, you know, you're doing wonderful stuff. I have to say, and I hope you keep it up because, Braden, you've got all kinds of good storytelling. You do a nice variety. It's uh, uh, good reading, fast reading, which I always like, something that, that pulls me from page to page. So I think your books are great. And again, if anybody wants to get your books, insanecomics.com and then slash store, and you can choose between digital or print versions of the books. And with uh, the next one coming out in early June, we need to keep looking at there. How, how do you communicate people that you have a new book out? Are you on Facebook? Are you on Twitter? How do you guys do uh, that? Is that I James's am on Facebook. Thing? You can always follow me on Braidoxian Studios. That's my studio. And I post updates of every book, where to get them, how you can get them mm-hmm. for everything. And then you can also follow me on the Reclaiming Godhood Facebook, where I post oh. everything. Yeah, that's a good thing to do is to keep people informed because, you know, uh, I would like to tell the tale. We went to this convention one time. We got a booth at this convention, and everything in the whole convention worked right except for the publicity people. They all just bombed out, and so they put this convention together, ran a beautiful convention, but almost nobody came. So the best thing to do, I always encourage people, get out there, get the word out. It does take time. We all have to face that. But but social media is a great help in getting the word out about your stuff. And so I'm glad that you're doing those things. I like Facebook particularly, but I do a lot of different ones too. So uh, I will have to keep tabs on you. Definitely. Anyone who wants to follow me, Braidoxine Studios, Reclaiming Godhood, just type it in the search bar or you'll find me. Okay, Braden, we'll keep it up. It's good to talk with you, and hopefully we get a chance to talk with you again sometime in the near future when some of these things, the new stuff comes out, maybe around January and stuff. Maybe we'll try and do that, but you're doing great work, so please keep it up. All right. Thank you very much. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed, but as a symbol... Get the latest from the comics universe. News, interviews, previews, and reviews. Listen to the weekly Wayne's Comics Podcast so you can keep reading your comics. That's a wrap for this episode. Be back next week when we'll have much more on the comics universes. But until then, keep reading your comics.